where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www.communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. Amen, amen, and amen. If you have a copy of God's Word, and I hope you do, don't let this throw you for a curve, I'm going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, that's in the New Testament, it's toward the back of the Bible, if you're not familiar with that, and uh, I don't say that lightly, I'm just saying there might be some folks with us that don't know where that is. There's also Bibles at the end of your rows if you want to grab those. But in Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11, there is a parable of the prodigal son. Listen to what it says. And he said there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property of property that has come to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he spent everything, a severe, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. Look at verse 16. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Then look at verse 17. But when he came to himself, hear me, church. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? We're coming back to this text, but what I want you to see this morning is, is that as we journey through the book of Hosea, as Sean did an absolute phenomenal job two weeks ago, and as Jay did last week, we see this unbelievable story being told over and over and over again through our series of Hosea. That too often God has given us as our heavenly Father. Hear me, church. God as our heavenly Father has given us all that we need, and we take it for granted. Not only do we take it for granted, church, we take it for granted over and over and over again. True story, while in Peru, um, we got to work with a translator slash boat captain. Uh, when you work in the Amazon uh, rainforest, you have to do a lot of boat riding. And so this trip happened to be an unbelievable blessing for us because our translator also owned a boat, okay? And man, it was just really, really cool. His name was Antonio. And uh, he and his wife, Jasmine, had been married for a month, and he decided to come hang out with us in the jungle for seven days. Can I just be transparent? If a brother been married for a month, not going to the jungle with a bunch of dudes, I'm just telling you, okay? I'm just not doing it. 
But this man has a calling on his life. Man, I pray blessings over Jasmine and over Antonio and their ministry. God gave him a vision to raise money to build a boat because there's such need to get mission teams up and down the, the river. And he raised enough support, over $30,000, to build a brand new boat, which we were the first team to ride in while we were on the Amazon to and from the village. And guess what he named the boat? Ambassadors for Christ. It's on English on one side, and it's on Spanish on the other. And the entire week, he's with us. He's communicating to the Peruvian locals for us there in the village, and, and he's translating for us. And as we're seeing this unbelievable passion that Antonio has for Christ, Trail Jones and I realize that, you know what, we've got an opportunity not just to build a church, but we've got an opportunity to build a man while we're here, and why not we invest our time with him? And so we're sitting there, man, he was like a sponge. He was just soaking it up and soaking it up and soaking it up. And so we're talking about it. And so I shared with him my, my little trick about how many books are in the Bible. You know, there's 66 books in the Bible in the Old Testament. You know, uh, there's how many? 39 in the New Testament. There's 27. And the way we know that is the word old has three and the word testament has nine. So we know that there are 39 books in the Old Testament. And some of you are, are, are freaking out right now. Robert, I know you're a math guy, so that's like messing you up because 39 plus 39 does not equal 66, even in new math, okay? So we get to the New Testament, and we see that the word new has three, and the word testament has nine. We're like, well, that's thir 39, but, but how do we get to 27? Well, in the New Testament, we don't add anymore, right, church? We multiply, so three times nine is what? 27. And he looks at me, and his eyes just get really big. He goes, you know, I've never been able to, rem to remember that. He said, I'll remember it now. And then later on, we're talking, and he said, uh, we're just having a conversation. He said, sometimes, man, the Old Testament's hard. I'm like, amen, brother. We get to hard name after hard name after hard name after hard name after hard name, and we get to relationship after crazy relationship, and, and we get to this crazy story of God blessing and, and, and us getting fat and happy and us getting mad and running off and doing it our own way. And what does God do? He then brings wrath on us. He brings punishment on us. And, but then he then get, does what? He does this beautiful thing where he offers us another opportunity. And I looked at Antonio. I said, well, you know the Old Testament only has one agenda, right? He said, yeah, what is it? I said, he is coming he is coming. He is coming. Guys, we're just two months away from Christmas. He's coming. Amen? Thank you so much, sir. I knew Brian would remind me of when Christmas is. And just be ready. Brian will be giving out his Christmas list here in a little while, okay? And he knows that it's one month away. Thank you, Brian. One month away. But he's coming. Amen? Amen? He's coming. But here's what I want you to see this morning. We're going to pick up in Hosea chapter 10. You're like, I'm not following Luke chapter 15. Stay in the boat. I gave a, a couple of, well, I didn't give. We talked about it before I left. And there were certain texts that were supposed to be teached and, and preached on. And, and Sean did a phenomenal job. Sean, I'm so proud of you. You did exactly what you said you were going to do. Jay, you were horrible. You were sorry. You, you, you didn't, you, you know, I don't know why it is. You know, you take church planners, they go to Hawaii, they do all this cool stuff, they come back to America, they go, oh yeah, I'll get through chapter 10. I can do, I can do chapter 10 for you. Man, yeah, I'll even get through chapter 11 for you. Duke gets to chapter 10, verse 2. Sad thing is, I can't fire him because he's helping us out. But no, he did a phenomenal job as well, and we were talking this week, and he goes, man, I'm sorry. 
I said, for what? He said, I only got to ch chapter 10, verse 2. I'm like, okay. Well, guess what? We got to get to chapter, into chapter 14, so I'll pick up in chapter 10, verse 2. So guess where we're going to be, church? Chapter 10, verse 2. Their heart is false. Now they must bear their fruit. The Lord will break down their altars and destroy their pillars. For now they will say, we have no king, for we do not fear the Lord. And the king, what could he do for us? They utter the mere words with empty oaths, and they make covenants. So judgment springs up like poisonous weeds and furrows of the field. And the inhabitants of Samaria tremble for the calf of, of Bethhaven. Its people mourn for it, and so do its idolatrous priests, those who rejoice over it and over its glory, for it has departed from them. The thing itself shall be carried to Assyria as a tribute to the great king. Ephraim shall be put to shame. Israel shall be ashamed of his idol. And Samaria's king shall perish like a twig on the face of the waters. The high places of Avon, the sin of Israel shall be destroyed. Thorn and thistle shall grow up on the, their altars. And they shall say to the mountains, cover us and the hills fall on us. From the days of Gabeah or Gabeah, you have sinned, O Israel. There, have con there they have continued. Shall not the war against the unjust overtake Gilbiah? Listen to verse 10. When I please, I will discipline them. Just because of sake of time this morning, I'm not going to have a chance to read through and then come back, so we're going to do it as we're doing it. But look at verse 10. When I please, I will discipline them. Man, I love God's sovereignty. Can I get an amen? That means that God is the same today as he was yesterday as he will be tomorrow. And I know this is kind of hard for us to wrap our little brains around, or maybe you got a big brain and you can, but it's hard for me to wrap my brain around this, that God knows all things. And he's in control of all things. If you had time to, to, to read in the New Testament text of where Paul writes a letter to the, the church of Colossia, he talks about all things exist. Why? Because of him. And so when we get to this verse, it says, when I please, I will discipline them. Does that make anybody else alarmed? Is anybody else in the room this morning going, well, when I please, I will discipline them. Not as a father who disciplines his children, not as a mother who disciplines her, her babies, but I'm talking about, we're talking about God here, big G, big O, big D, and he's saying, when I please, I will discipline them. No wonder he just said they will cry out for the mountains to cover them and the hills to shadow them. Why? Because they know that when God's discipline comes, what's happening, church? About to have thunder. This week, I had an amazing experience happen. I got home from Peru. My dad had had knee surgery while I was gone. He was at therapy on Wednesday. While in therapy, he had a clot be thrown from his knee to his lung. It was pretty scary there for a little while. He was in Cleveland for a little while. I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Dr. Brock, Charlie Brock, saved my dad's life. On Thursday, he was airlifted, flown to here. He's been here. He's in the hospital right now. If I know my dad, he's probably watching on, on, on Facebook right now. But here's what I realized this week. God is actually in control of absolutely everything. And how often is it that I only cry out to him when I'm desperate? I'll say it a little slower. God is in control of everything. 
I wish I could tell you more of what God has taught me in that, of just people being faithful to God and and not letting man or woman get in the way of that and saying, when God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it, even when it doesn't make sense. Why? Because God is in control of everything. And so I'm watching, I'm praying, I'm begging, God, please. I've lost my mom at 52. I, I can't lose my dad. Please, God. And many of you prayed that same prayer, and a different result has happened. But praise God, my dad knows Jesus, amen? And these were his words. Son, regardless if I live or I die, I am good. Can you say that this morning? Because I want to remind you of this verse. When I please, I will discipline them. Let that thought stay in your mind as we continue to read. And nations shall be gathered against them, and when they are bound up for their double iniquity. Ephraim was trained, was a trained calf, the love to thresh. I spared her fair neck, but I will put Ephraim to the yoke. Judah must plow, Jacob must harrow or harrow for himself. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and reign righteous upon you. Church, can I share something with you? It is time. It is not only time for Israel in the book of Hosea as this prophet is crying out to these people and he is saying to these people, hey, guess what? I don't know if you know this or not, but you have blown it and you have blown it and you have blown it and you have turned to false God after false God after false God. You have worshipped false idol and false idol and false idol and you keep coming back to me when it gets hard and when it gets difficult. But here's what I need you to hear this morning. For it is time to seek the Lord. I can remember when I was a younger boy, probably 11 or 12 years old, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta, not far from Etabena, Mississippi, where Mississippi Valley State University is home of the, the, the Red Devils. And they hired this new coach, and the first year he went 0-10. And, and the next year, he went 1-9. In the third year, he came out in the preseason, and, and, and I can't remember the hip-hop singer, but there used to be a hip-hop singer that was kind of funny. He had, this, he had this big chain. He had this big clock. Favor Flav. Thank you, Kai. How do you say it? Favor Flav. Yeah, what y'all said? Fla- yeah, that guy. All right, but he used to walk around with his big clock, okay? That's the reason I, I, love, I try to act like I'm hip-hop, but I'm not, okay? I can't even pronounce the dude's name. But this coach walks out, and he's at his preseason interview. And, oh, Stephen Robertson, Channel 15 News in Greenville, Mississippi, says, Coach, what's that mean? He says, it's time. And the reporter said, it's time for what? He said, it's time to start winning. He went 0-10. Church, I'm afraid that too often we come into this place and we say it's time to worship. We go through hardships and we say it's time to worship. We go through difficulties and we say it's time to, it's time to worship. But church, can I tell you something? Hosea is the messenger. He is a messenger from God. He's a messenger for Israel. He's a message for us. And here's what he's saying. It is time. Why? Because remember verse 10 of chapter 10, when I please, I will discipline them. When I please, not your timing, not my timing, but his timing. When I please, I will discipline them. And so listen to what it says. For it is time, verse 12, to seek the Lord. 
that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. Keep reading with me. You have plowed iniquity. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your own way in the multitude of your warriors. Therefore, the tumult of the war shall rise among your people and your fortress shall be destroyed. Shalem destroyed Beth Arbel on the day of the battle. Mothers were dashed into, listen to this church, mothers were dashed into pieces with their children. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, because of your great evil at dawn, the king of Israel shall be utterly cut off. And people say the Bible is not exciting. Man, we got action movies, and we got dramas all in like eight verses. Israel is so much like the the younger son in the parable of the prodigal son. And church, can I just be raw this morning? You and I are no different. God has blessed us and blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. And what do we do? We keep taking it for granted and for granted and for granted. Why? Because we want ours now. We want it now. But in his time, he will bring discipline. Can I ask you a sad Question this morning, not really planned. If today was the day that was time for him to bring discipline, how would you and I measure out? How would it go for us? You know, I, I, I didn't like school a whole lot, but there were four times a year that I really didn't like school. Anybody know when? Exactly. Because I knew it was time for my father to bring discipline. Because dad would ask me all nine weeks, son, how's it going? How's it going? Oh, dad, that's great, man. It's great. You feel like you're doing good? Oh, yeah, dad, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Get a report card, seven elfs. He said, son, I don't know if you don't understand this or not, but great does not start with elf. So I decided to be that smart aleck teenager and said, well, dad, what about you? How was your report card? He said, son, that ain't the point. He just looked at me and said, just know this, son, I left plenty of room for improvement, but not that much room. But I knew at that moment what was coming, wrath, discipline. Here's what we don't know, church. God has commanded us to do certain things, and if we don't do it, the wrath could come at any moment. The sad thing is we keep taking up the grace and taking up the grace and taking up the grace and taking up the grace, and we use it as if it's not a blessing and a gift. We use it almost as a curse on ourselves. Why? Because of the simple fact, read with me in chapter 11. Ben, you can go ahead and make your way back up. Maybe that'll make me read quicker. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the bells and burning offerings to the idols. Yet I was I was who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I left them with cord, I led them with cords of kindness and bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them to feed them and fed them. 
They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. But then look at verse 8. Oh, how can I give up on you? How can I give up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adama? How can I treat you like Zebulon or Z hard word? My heart reconciles within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute, execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am a God, not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord, and he will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria. And I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. And that's where I want us to end this morning. I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. Go back with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. I I love this. A parable is a story with a heavenly meaning. I don't remember who taught me that, but it's good stuff. It is a story with a heavenly meaning. And what I love about Luke chapter 15 and the parallel between Hosea chapter 10 and Hosea chapter 11 and Luke 15 is this. Israel is just like the younger son who says, I want what I want, I'm going to do what I want with it, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to go my own way. But what's so beautiful about Luke 15 is, look at this. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 15. But when he came to himself... When he came to himself. I want you to think about what that means just for a second. When he came to himself. I I want you to think about the weight of that. When he came to himself. Church. The only way he could have come to himself is the Holy Spirit of the living God had to remind him what he had walked away from. He came to himself, and look what he says. But when, I came to his, to his, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? Church, I want to ask you a question this morning. You hungry? I got a little sister over here going, Yeah, preacher, would you shut up so I can go eat? Don't ask a question if you don't want a kid to answer it, okay? 
But I want to go a little deeper than that, and I hope mom and dad will take you somewhere fun to eat this morning. But are you hungry? Do you feel like you come to the table and you just walk away dissatisfied? I mean, you've, you've, you've tried everything. You've tried this idol and this false god. You've tried relationship after relationship after relationship. You've tried this drug and you've tried this drug. You've tried this experience and that experience. And listen to me, church. Are you not still hungry? My prayer this morning is, was the same prayer that the Lord had by sending Hosea to Israel. Maybe my children will come to themselves and realize that there is enough at my table. Keep going with me. Verse 18. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. Keep going for me. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Keep going, verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, ran and embraced him and kissed him. Keep going with me. This is good stuff. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. And before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Look at verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate in church. This is what I want you to see. Don't miss this. They had been worshiping a calf. They had been worshiping towers. They had been worshiping all this false stuff. And guess what God did? He took those images. He took the gold and put it on his finger. He put the shoes on his feet. He killed the calf and said, guess what? We're going to have a party. Because you, my son, have chosen to seek me. Keep going. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called to one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he received him back safe and sound. Keep going with me. But he was angry and refused to go in and his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came, who was devoured, who devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. Just real quick side note, Hosea is married to who? Gomer, who is what? A prostitute. Keep going. And he said to him, son, you will always, you are always with me. And that is mine as yours. Keep going. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Leave it right there for me. You don't think Israel has come to this same place? 
Remember, these were the same people that God blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. And what happened? They got fat, happy, and stupid. And they started doing it their own way. Does it sound familiar at all? It's us. It's me. It's you. We built all these things and we made it all about us. And we were never created for it to be about us. We were created for it to be about Him. So remember, when it pleases Him, He will bring judgment. But it is time to seek the Lord. And when you come to yourself, church, you know that there is always a place at the table. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Are you hungry? Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Peggy, I'm going to need a communion pod, please. As you bow your heads this morning, I want to ask you just to think about this as we prepare ourselves as a time of invitation to come to the table. And as we come to the table this morning... It's very similar to where Israel finds itself in Hosea. It's very similar of where the prodigal son found himself as he was taking care of the pigs of a man who had hired him to care for those pigs. You and I, church, have, wa- we, we, we have, we have just played for too long. We have spent entirely too much time in the pig's pen. We have worshipped anything and everything except the one true living God. I pray this morning in Jesus' name that you will come to yourself. And when you come to yourself that you will return to the Lord. So for believers in this room, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, those watching at home, maybe you've grabbed a cracker or some juice or a piece of bread and some wine, and may you celebrate with us as we are about to celebrate communion. This is for believers, church. Hear me. If you're not a believer, this will make no sense. I'm going to talk about eating his body and drinking his blood. If you're not a believer, it will not make sense. Matter of fact, you are drinking damnation on yourself by doing this. But if you are a believer, the scripture is very clear. You need to evaluate yourself. You need to look at your life. You need to look at your heart, and you need to ask just some simple questions. Is there some sin in my life that I need to be forgiven for? Is there something I need to repent of? Then and only then, believer, are you ready to come to the table. I pray this morning that you would be reminded that you are dead but now you're alive. You were lost, but now you are found because of what Christ did for you on the cross. Father, I pray you bless these moments in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, we're going to do this a little different this morning. Would you stand? If you need a communion pot, I think uh, Christy's coming down the aisle, uh, Peggy's coming down the aisle. If you'll just raise your hand or wave, I promise you they'll get it to you. 
On the night before Jesus was betrayed, the Scripture says that he was there with his disciples in the upper room. And he took bread. And he looked at them and he says, this represents my body. And the Scripture says he took it and he lifted it up to heaven and he said these words. Father, I pray that every time they eat of this, may they do this in remembrance of me. And he said, Lord, bless this bread, for this is my body, which is broken for them. Believer, take, eat in remembrance of him. Amen? Scripture also states on that night that he took a chalice filled with most likely juice, if you're Baptist, and wine, if you're Methodist. Some of you will get that around lunchtime. But he took it and he said, this is my blood which was shed for you. And he says that he lifted it up to heaven and he said, Lord, bless it. And every time they drink of it, may they do this in remembrance of me. Drink, for this is the blood of Christ. And the scripture says they sang a song and they left. For you this morning, you just happen to be at the song. It's called our invitation. And we can't just sing a song and leave until we do business with God. Amen? And some might be questioning why the emotion is you lift up the blood. Because I remember when a doctor looked at my dad on Thursday afternoon and said, Mr. Neely, you're pretty sick. And I'll never forget all the days of my life what my dad said to him. He said, Doc, I'm good either way. And I weep because as a 14-year-old kid, I led my dad to Jesus. And because of that relationship, we don't get just, just get to do life on earth together. We get to spend eternity together. God. Do you know that hope this morning? If not, I pray that you'll come to yourself and this altar would be filled because of the simple fact of people needing to either give their life to Jesus or to come to themselves and come to their senses and return to Jesus. Father, may we build our life on the rock of Jesus Christ. And may we quit being so stubborn and stupid and defiling where we do not make it about what we should make it about. And may we get back because it is time to seek you. My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.